our 39th class. So we will review question 38 today and then learn question 39 together and a couple questions for review. Let's open up with prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this Sunday and thank you for the families that are here and the families that will be here and thank you for time now to open your word, to read your word and to think about what it has to teach us today about prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, question 36 is, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit? Let's say it together. That He is God, co-eternal with the Father and the Son, and that God grants Him irrevocably to all who believe. Question 37, how does the Holy Spirit Help us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, comforts us, guides us, gives us spiritual gifts and the desire to obey God, and He enables us to pray and to understand God's Word. And here's what we memorized this past week. What is prayer? Prayer is pouring out our hearts to God in praise, petition, confession of sin, and thanksgiving. Good job. There it is. He always hears our prayers. So prayer is communion with God. That was last week. It is pouring out our heart to God. John Calvin, the way he described prayer, and this captures the attitude of prayer, so maybe think of this image. When John Calvin described prayer, he described it as crawling up into the lap of God our Father. That was his attitude. So picture a small child crawling up into Dad's lap. They know that Dad loves them. They know that Dad provides for them. They know that dad is always going to be there to protect them and take care of them. They know that dad wants to hear them and wants to listen to them and wants to know what is on their mind and in their hearts. And so it is with God our Father. So when we pray, we would be crawling up into God the Father's lap. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So there's a command to let all your requests be made known to God. What about silly requests? It's part of everything, isn't it? Everything. What about things you're not really sure? You're not really sure if... This is something that you should ask God for. I'm not really sure if this is something that God is really interested in. Well, what would that verse encourage you to do? Everything. Present all your requests to God. Remember, God will figure out what's best. God will be the one to decide whether it's silly or not. And even if it is silly, He wants to hear. We're communing with God. We're pouring out our hearts to God. So prayer is not 
And this is a common misconception. Prayer is not like this lever that we pull to get what we want. That's not what prayer is. God, do this. God, give me this. God, help me do this. It's not just a lever we pull to get what we want from God. It is communing with God. It is relating to God. It is talking to God. And that includes, we looked at last week, petition. It includes asking God, but it includes all kinds of things. Confessing our sin to God, praising Him, and thanking Him. So we do present our request to God, but when we do that, we trust God. We know that His will is best. So we present our desires to God with a humble and submissive heart, always acknowledging that God knows what is best and that ultimately we trust Him to do what's best. So we present all our requests to God. And, and you should do that because those requests are in your heart and those are desires. We're told in the Old Testament and Psalms that God desires, to, he, he grants the desires of our heart. So we're expressing our hearts to God, what we desire, what we feel like we need, even what we want. We express that to God just like you would anyone else who loves you and cares about you and can change things in your life. But again, we do that with an attitude that says, God, even if you don't answer this prayer the way I want you to answer this prayer, I know you're going to do what's best for me. So think about this. Think about a Christian who has cancer, let's say, and is suffering. Now, does that Christian know what God's will is? In other words, does that Christian know that either A, God is going to heal them, or B, God is not going to heal them and take them home to heaven? Does a Christian know the answer to that? No, a Christian doesn't know what God's will is. So some Christians might be paralyzed and not pray, and just say, well, God, I don't really know what your plan is. I don't know what your will is, so I'm just going to pray your will be done. Now, What's in your heart, though? Your heart is, heal me, right? Or what if this is someone you love and care about? Heal. Heal this person. Take this disease away. Take their suffering away. Take their sickness away. Of course, that's your, that's your heart. That's what you want. That's what you desire. It's a good desire. And so that is what we pray for. But in the back of our minds, in the front of our mind, when we pray that, we know and trust God, even if you don't heal me or heal my mom, or heal my dad or my husband or my wife, whatever it is, even if you don't, I know you will do what is good and you will do what is best. And if they're a Christian and I know it will be for their good and I know it will be for their best. So that's the attitude with which we are to pray to God. John Bunyan says, When thou prayest, rather let thy heart be without words than thy words without a heart. So again, we're pouring out our hearts to God. Let thy heart be without words 
rather than thy words without a heart. Prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. Then another commentator says that real prayer is an expression of love. Again, so it's not just this lever we're pulling. Right? God, do this. God, give me this. It's an expression of love. We love God, and so we do tell Him our desires, but we also confess our sin. We praise Him. It is an expression of perseverance. It is an expression of gratefulness. And so he breaks down these three. Why love? Why is that the attitude? Because in prayer, we are communing with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are praying to the Father in the name of the Son through the Spirit. And in the act of prayer, we are meant to enjoy them and to get to know them and to commune with them. So how can prayer be communion without love? So an attitude of love. Also, perseverance. Or steadfastness, pressing in. This would be continuously knocking on the door. This perseverance, he goes on to say, is necessary to prevail against our flesh. Our flesh, our flesh wars against the Spirit. When we pray, don't we sometimes experience a wandering, distracting mind? Raise your hand if you've ever, while you've been, you've been praying, your mind has wandered. Okay, or you've been, have you ever been distracted when you're praying? And then you feel bad for feeling distracted, right? Raise your hand if you've ever fallen asleep praying. We're the real bad Christians there, right? Yeah, especially if you pray, if you pray in the evening or pray late at night. Most nights I fall asleep praying. When we pray, don't we sometimes experience our frailty, our weakness, our fatigue, so we need perseverance. And we need that pressing into the things of God, that pushing out the distractions of the world, that crucifying of the flesh again, that we might have this fuller communion with the Lord. And then finally, he explains gratitude. So love, perseverance, and gratitude. Let us count the blessings of the Lord. Let us mark His providences. Let us observe the divine interruptions that have broken into our lives such that we might receive not only Christ, but everything in Christ and receive and experience it in surprising ways, in opportune times, in times later than we had hoped for or expected. The divine interruptions of God which are blessings and distributions of His kindness to us, ought to cultivate gratitude in us. But do you know what he means by divine interruptions? In other words, you, you wake up in the morning and you, most of you, have an idea of what's going to happen that day. You probably, at least mentally, have your day planned out. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go there. And every day is filled with interruptions. Good things that happen. Bad things that happen. Temptations. Sins. Difficult circumstances. And if God is sovereign, if God is in control of all things, and if we make our plan but God directs our steps, then that means that all those interruptions are ultimately from who? They're from God. 
So they're divine interruptions. And what else do we know about all those interruptions? They are for our what? They're for our good. So the attitude here says that whatever happens, even those things that I see as interruptions, even those things that I see as taking me off track or making me maybe less productive or discouragements or difficulties, even those interruptions are from God and they're for my good. Therefore, my attitude should be what? Gratefulness. Gratefulness. So there's things that it's very obvious to thank God for, right? Okay? Um, your mom and dad take you to ice cream. Okay? You probably don't have to summon up a lot of thankfulness in your heart for that. God, thank you for my mom and dad. Um, you get a raise at work. That's a, great, that's a great unexpected interruption, and you're thankful for that. You thought it was going to rain today, and you weren't going to be able to go on this family outing, and now it's sunny today. And so you're thankful for these things. Those are obvious, and those are easy. But what about those difficult things? What about when circumstances don't go the way you want them to go? What, when you're, what about when your plans don't go the way you want them to go? Well, they're still, ultimately, divine interruptions from God for your good. And so our attitude should be gratitude. Our prayers, here's how he finishes, our prayers ought to express that gratitude so that we're conscious of the kindness and goodness of the Lord. See, this is why, this is why God hates complaining so much. Because complaining is the opposite of gratitude. Complaining is the opposite of thankfulness. I remember his people, Israel, Remember how upset and furious God would get with their complaining? And they would find anything to complain about. And they would forget the good that God had done. So here, remember, God had rescued them from 400 years of slavery. That's a big deal. He had rescued them, and he was on his way to taking them to the promised land. And they didn't like the food that he had for them to eat. And so they were remembering how good the food was when they were slaves thinking back to the good old days. And they just, they just weren't seeing. They weren't thinking about all the blessings that God has given them. So when we narrow in on something that isn't going our way, something that we're all tempted to do, some of us do it outwardly, some of us do it inwardly, when we zero in on just one little thing or many things that aren't going the way we want them to go, that aren't according to our plans, that upset us, that frustrate us, when we do that, it's so offensive to God because we can't do that without forgetting all the blessings that God has given us and remembering that even this thing that's not going our way is because God has decided that it shouldn't go our way for our good and for his glory. So it's the opposite of thankfulness. It's the opposite of gratitude. And it's not loving God and it's not worshiping God. So it may seem like a little thing, but this is why God makes such a big deal of it. So finally, when we can't, even when we can't trace God's hand, as the saying goes, we can trust his heart because we know God is good and we are grateful for his goodness. That spurs us on in our prayer and perseverance, and it turns us again in love toward Christ, our Savior, God, our Father, and the Spirit, our Comforter. Okay, let's say it one more time together, and then I'll close in prayer. Question 39, with what attitude... Should we pray with love, 
perseverance and gratefulness in humble submission to God's will, knowing that for the sake of Christ, he always hears our prayers. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for always hearing our prayers. Thank you that we can come to you whenever we want to come to you. We can come to you in any and every situation and circumstance, and you always hear us. Thank you that we can bring to you all of our petitions, all of our desires, all of our praises and gratitude, and we can even come and confess our sin to you because we know that you will forgive us. So thank you for these truths, God. Help us to pray more and to pray with love, to pray with perseverance, and to pray with gratefulness that we would have joy and that you would be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.